you can expect hazardous travel later today with that, you know, that, uh, that blizzard thing. Oh, that blizzard thing. Mm -hmm. That blizzard thing. Oh, oh, well, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, yeah. they are. Uh -huh. But, you know, there's another reason why today is especially exciting. Especially cold. Especially cold. Yeah. Okay. But the big question on everybody's lips. Yeah, their chap lips. On their chap lips. Chap right. lips. Do you think... Phil's gonna come out and see a shadow. Punks a Tony Phil. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up and check that hog out there. But they somehow get stuck in this town by a snowstorm, and he wakes up the next morning, and it's it's Groundhog Day again. And it just, he, he's stuck there. It keeps happening over and over and over So he gets again. a chance to have a perfect day. He gets to, each time out, he gets to make a better, it's like back to the future, a better... Right, but you know how it is, Charlie. You had this Monday morning thing yourself, and you don't, it's not always perfect, is it? Even no, it is not. So he has a lot of opportunities to screw it up and, yeah. and make it miserable. Still playing with Toys.net presents... The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! All right. So there's there's a couple items that are still missing from your boxes. Some miss, missing artifacts, so to speak. Missing. They're missing. here somewhere. The problem yeah. is, is that I've been gathering stuff for so long, and I've moved so many times. Uh, not to mention a, you know, kind of a, a life upheaval thing where I uh, threw in with uh, my beautiful wife, meaning two lives kind of jammed together, and I had to do some throwing some stuff in storage um to become yeah exactly uh so i think they're here somewhere it's like i have for example uh, a, a set of the um the mcdonald's uh ghostbusters 2 placemats oh that, that they only released in yeah those like, are Quebec. I, I see those up on ebay from time to time and those are nice those are cool yes, the art is very amazing. nice and I have a set of them that I want to find those. My fear is uh, I put some of my stuff in storage, meaning in the garage of the house we were living in. Uh -oh. And the uh -oh. landlords were a bit porous about that. They lecture us about keeping it locked, but then they leave it unlocked all the time. And I, for example, had a box in there with like $300 worth of board games. That, that walked off. Oh, no. So some small part of me is a little worried that something kind of missed the manifest. Yeah, something grew eggs and walked away. Um, but going by all good. the unpacking I'm doing, most of it seems to be here. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's the panorama that you put on the on the proton <laughs> charging page that's like, oh, my God, there's so much. Oh, and then the... Um, the prototypes of the real Ghostbusters watches—that was cool. I had no idea. Mm. Those those were the ones that were like the um, snap case ones, like the Stay Puffed and the Slimer and the No Ghost one. Is that what those were? What? It's kind of hard to see in the photo. Yeah, I should take a big. I, I kind of posted about them years ago and all that. I got those probably fifteen-ish years ago. Yeah. Just because it was one of those opportunity eBay auctions. 
oh, where the, yeah. the price was just way too good. Like, I was like, wow, really? Like, um, I'm not saying I got them cheap, but I didn't get them that expensive either. Yeah. And um, what I got was a velvet, like a black velvet uh, board with that you can see with a bunch of watches on it. None of them went into production, as far as I can tell. Huh. They're all sculpted. Like, they took um, a lot of those RGB, the art they have, like that weird... The Venkman in that weird... You, there's the shot that you see of them all over and over and over again of the four of them, and it has Peter in the foreground in that really weird, convoluted, looking up <laughs> pose. Do you know <laughs> yeah. the one I'm talking about? The sort of, like, squatting position? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and those got turned into all manner... Like, some... They sculpted them to all manner of little, you know, bric-a-brac here and there. Yeah. And whoever was making these designed a bunch of them where they sculpted those poses uh, with a huh. small fire hall, and it was a flip-up. And that never went in production. I think it was just a money thing, because what did they go with? And that's what I have, is I have a cardboard test. Somebody mocked uh, up a cheap uh, LCD digital watch with the that same art, but just as a sticker faceplate. And those actually went into production. And speaking of things... I have I have those. I have one that's in a like it's sitting there with it. And it's just one I bought loose, but I have two of them on package somewhere. The final production ones of the, of the watches. Yeah, that's there. You go. There's something else that's missing. I, I, there's enough things that I'm kind of like, where the heck are those? That there's a box. I know there's hmm. a box somewhere. Then it's just yeah, it's gotta be. I, I mean, haven't sure got it to yet. Yeah, it's, as you start, you know, unpacking stuff and putting it up on the shelves, you'll probably end up coming across yeah. it i hope you end up coming across it because if you know somebody walked away with those that stinks well but. it would suck but it's just stuff and frankly all the really pricey stuff is here oh okay those good. placemats are probably a little expensive to replace they pop and up I'd on ebay hard- from time to time i want to say i'd be heartbroken yeah. about those a little bit but like my test silk screening of a stay puff package that's still that that came out the other end all right the line of ecto glows oh yeah yeah they turned they they didn't get lost anywhere and i was amazed i got them and took them out and was like yeah these are great and then had no place to put them so i put them back in the box like they've been there for 15 ish years Hmm. and again got them for a great price and now i'm looking around going oh my god these are like worth a mint they really are um they're not they're not on cards right they're uh, were the Ectoglows ever released? Oh, no, I guess they were. Oh, yeah. They were released they were. on packaging. Yeah, yeah, and I have them on packaging. But mine are in such exquisite condition. The peg the peg hook, the cardboard hasn't been popped out. Like, it's still in position. Oh, you're kidding. So they were never yeah. up on pegs either. They were never up on pegs. These, whoever got these took them right from a box. Wow. That's, so, uh, that's pretty awesome. I, <laughs> I'm like, let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five of them. I'm, so five times what is it? Thirty bucks, hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, I'm tempted to spend the hundred and fifty bucks to go get them graded and cased. Put them in the yeah uh, airtight ceiling uh, AMA casing or whatever. Yeah, I saw somebody that did that like on eBay, and the, it's like going for twelve hundred dollars. I'm like, mm, wow. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's buying for twelve hundred dollars, but just the idea of turning. You know, a couple hundred dollars worth of buy from 15 years ago into several thousand dollars worth of <laughs> to potentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the the NES games are that way too. They end up on eBay, and it's like 
Contra, Mint in Box, AMA uh, graded, $9.8, Like, come on, really? For... All right. Yeah. I, guess. I think in the world of emulation, when it comes to games, that it becomes a, a, a collector thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, literally. Because anybody can go play the games on their computer now. So, so now it's just, yeah. That's the bummer. It's about getting... The, Getting the physical thing, but so. I need I need a contra cartridge, and they're expensive now. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, but that's good. Uh, All right. So so the the basement as uh, for the people that have been following the saga for the past few weeks on the podcast sounds like it's still coming together, and and the pictures are up there, man. It's like that's that's your layer. That's it's looking yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's. I think there's going to be enough space, thankfully. I yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, again, uh, last week I told you you're going to need a bigger house, and when I see the photos, I'm like, yeah, you're going to need more shelves. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're almost at capacity. I don't know where the rest of the stuff is going to go, but I'm almost at capacity. But I also invested in a bunch of uh, those. There's a name for them, but the 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 plastic storage uh, like the boxes bins. that have yeah. the interlocking. Right, you know, right. Where it folds, yeah, the, the ones halves that, like, fold together. Yeah, yeah. So I have those in a big empty space underneath the shelves. That's really only for the NECA Stay Puff that I have. That's way too big to put on any shelf. Yeah. And a couple of these things, and that's where loose odds and ends that I don't like. I have no reason to display. like. I've got like probably about fifteen real Ghostbusters proton packs. I don't know why. I just have them, right? You like, never know when you'll need one. Well, yeah, was, like at a at a flea market, and they're like ten cents. I'm like done. I'm like, what am I gonna do with it? Uh, well, it's ten cents. <laughs> um, so I think I'm gonna. There's a few things that I will actually just put. Like it's sitting right next to me. What am I looking at here? So I got three VHS cassettes, uh, two of the filmation cartoon Ghostbusters, and one of the original live action. Filmation right. Ghostbusters. Right. I have a double of a Milton Bradley puzzle that's opened. That and I've opened. I've I've tried to put it together before, and I think there's a piece missing. I was going to say, it is became, it missing pieces or is it complete? Yeah. No, and it became redundant when again another nice score online. I got all four of them in the immaculate condition, unopened. So uh, you know, I put that away. All right, so that's an extra. Um, yeah. Let me see here. Where did those go? Oh, there they are. So I have a real Ghostbusters party for six pack. Par- party for have, six, like party favors. What what does that consist of? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a for for uh, birthday parties. It has party hats, blowouts, which I think are the <laughs> those things. Yeah, uh, loot bags, balloons for the kids, uh, uh, candles. Okay, wait, candles. Yep, candle holders. Oh, okay. Can- <laughs> uh, what do you think? I candles. Said? I'm like, why are they giving kids like candles, matches, <laughs> That's right. butane, no, em- emergency <laughs> candles? Uh, it's really weird. It turns from party favors into you know earthquake survival kit real <laughs> yeah, fast. Like I don't know why. Dehydrated food. Uh, uh, Placemats. It says 58 pieces in all. It's kind of impressive. But before I got my hands on that, I had gotten my hands on. The associated stuff. It's made by a company called Party Time. Party Time. And uh, they also sold separately invites, All right, plates, yeah. cups, and um, table covers. 
the, this it, if you've been to a Toys R Us and you've been to the the birthday party section, oh yeah, they're still making that exact same stuff. It's the same um, stuff. Oh, you're kidding. The exact same materials, exact same thing. It's just it's a, it's a set of paper plates. It's a set of plastic cups. But it's the a, same, you know the I mean? same designs, the same. Because I remember the real Ghostbusters ones. Oh, no. That okay. no, no. I mean, I mean that the. the it's whatever's popular with the kids now. You can't oh, find the okay. real Ghostbusters okay. ones. But I'm thinking, what? They still make what? those? No. Where? Send I me mean, there now. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of those. Like, oh, and hats, party hats. And the box says it has six party hats. I have eighteen more <laughs> in in packages. Just uh, as an example. Okay. So that's All a good right. one. I'm like, I don't need to display. Every no, package no, no, no. It sounds to me like you need I to have, have your housewarming party, and we're going to have like a you know eight year old's birthday party with all of the uh, stuff on it. And yeah, well, I don't want to pressure. I don't want to pressure anybody. But if a certain somebody gets into the headset where he wants a Ghostbusters birthday party, uh, I will crack them. Up. Okay, all right, that's good. And you can have all of those proton packs for all of the, uh, the friends. Oh, okay, just the hats. Just that's the right. hats. You, you I have, have lots of the hats, and he can only have. Eight friends come to the party because that's the extra that's party it. invites that's the I have. Off. If that's he it. has not, if he has nine friends, it sucks to be that ninth friend. Like, nope, sorry, yeah. you're not invited. Sorry, he doesn't buddy. get the other stuff. I'll <laughs> buy discount <laughs> Doc stuffins or something. Little Zach somewhere is crying. <laughs> poor, poor guy, poor kid. Um, but yeah, there's a few things. It's fun because I'm now at the point where it's like organizing. Um. And putting it into some sort of display order, yeah. which is really kind of cool because I started with the, like I, I, I said, I'm going to put all the Stay Puffs and all the Slimers together, oh, which is actually idea. really kind of yeah. cool to look at it and go, just nothing but Slimers in different forms. And yeah, um, The other one I want to do is I have extra, I have lots of the real Ghostbusters uh, uh, toys, toys, quote unquote, that they gave out with the real ghost, the McDonald's real Ghostbusters. Yeah, so the, the Canadian ones or the uh, the American ones. Both. Both. Oh, see, that's cool. So I, since I have the extras, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the really nice boxes and uh, anything that's in a well, package doesn't matter because it just goes. But I'm going to actually the the duplicates that aren't in great shape. I'm going to actually put like I'm going to assemble the Happy Meal boxes. Oh, nice. Yeah, and display the Happy Meal boxes? Display the Happy Meal boxes with a toy inside. That's a great idea. So you Uh, have the space, you have the time, you have the... I have the the space, I have the shelves. Awesome. There's little things, though, as I go along, like happy happy little accidents. Like, I was at Michael's, and I picked up... What did I get at Michael's? I can't even remember now. Uh, uh, Foam and uh, (laughs) some paintbrushes and perhaps some fake flowers. That's right. Yarn. Uh, 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 An alphabet rubber rubber stamp set uh, and a a plastic spray bottle for no particular reason. And a couple Uh, of model tanks, which is always, you gotta gotta get those when you're at Michael's too. Oh, I know what it was. I blew through the the frame section because I'm always typing on it. They also have the collectibles display boxes. And there's a couple of things that I may actually want to put under some sort of glass. But um, I went through, didn't find anything. But they had these strange little hang hook things like they're little stand-up how do i <laughs> we english doesn't have a word for it you know um that thing you have in your kitchen that holds the paper towel 
the paper uh, towel yeah, dispenser. Like the, uh, rod hanger, or I don't know. Yeah, what would yeah. You, what would you call that? Yeah. So imagine that, or but it's it's a wire, a moon shaped wire with a little hook at the end. Actually, a better way to describe it is if you've ever seen uh, the fancy, get one of these for your kitchen, and it's a it's to hang your banana, your yeah. bunch of bananas oh, on. You oh, know? yeah, like those things that like people that collect the old porcelain dolls, they hang the dolls on, like those things. Yeah, I was yeah, looking for yeah. like I got them thinking. Like, speaking of items, where the hell is he? I have a prototype Slimer puppet, and he hasn't popped up yet either. Uh-oh. Oh, he'd be sad if I, I lost him. Oh, but, no. Um, this is, this is, we're doing this to jog your memory, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I, where's my notebook? This yeah. is your inventory. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> him, ultimately, I'll probably end actually literally getting some sort of wood doweling paper towel dispenser because i can just pop him on top do you know what i mean to, yeah yeah but i got these little hook things thinking maybe these will do it and it, it i got here and i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna do with them and then i realized i bought three of them and as i was opening a box i found the the extreme ghostbusters gurgling ghostbusters do you remember the gurgling ghostbusters they were like imagine mad balls if they were covered in a rubber membrane with goop inside them oh yeah I, okay i do i vaguely remember those kind yeah. of like the ones that just came out for the new movie right the ones you squeeze and the eyes bug out that that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah kinda okay. like that yeah i kind of remember they had, that they, they were all in a mesh bag and they had their they closed with a cardboard label thing yeah. with a hook a peg hook and i'm like perfect so they're actually displayed <laughs> on the shelf hanging from these things right little hat so i'm having a ball like this is what i'm enjoying most is my collection has never been out all at once ever so well and it sounds like you've got a lot of good items in there too that it's like you're becoming the rancho obi-wan of uh, ghostbusters we're gonna have to have people come up to vancouver and, and take a tour <laughs> of your of your basement wow. be like oh my god the prototypes and this and it's yeah. your museum you're gonna can you it's, can charge a uh, admission maybe bring me a beer i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's it's by no bring means pizza. comprehensive so i'm nowhere near uh rancho obi-wan but uh yeah i am kind of enjoying the fact that because um, i enjoy looking at other people's collections um like people post them and stuff like that and i love their collections and there's some real serious ones but I notice that, like, I because in my head, in my head, we're all one group. <laughs> Ages, unless I'm feeling old and I want to grump about things, we're, in my head, we're all roughly the same age. Yeah. And yeah. then I realize that, oh, there's people that are big into Ghostbusters that are actually a good chunk of time younger than I am and started later. So they have these wonderful and extensive collections, but they started at you know, kind of midpoint in the, sure. in the, in yeah. the run of things. So I'm kind of also enjoying now that it's all out on display. I've never really realized before how much old back to the first movie stuff I have. That's uh, kind of, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's those collectors. Like I know Colin who uh, is a frequent listener and, and posts on yeah. Twitter that he went and picked up all of the, the props from the new movie and then yeah. saw that some of the, the stuff was up for sale. Like, um, the the miniature bathtub that uh, they used in yeah. Ghostbusters too, and I'm sure I think he picked that up too, and yeah. you know, a rel- relatively new collector, but he's got quite a collection of Great stuff, stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I forget who it is, but another one of our listeners has photos of 
like every ectomobile that's ever been produced from the soap dishes to the hot wheels to you name it and all side by side so there's like a whole shelf of ectomobiles next to each other I know. That's, that's pretty cool that's actually where i got the inspiration for the the like for the here's slimers. the slimer corner yeah. here's the stay puff corner because i actually have an ectomobile corner too <laughs> but it's nowhere as good as his because i'm staring at things like do I want to spend four hundred dollars for an unwrapped um, uh, soap dish? There, that's the oh the soap dish. Yeah, okay. So no, again, the inventory my... continues. No, I have a a completely unopened, still has the film in it. Fuji diecast oh, ecto. See where the hell did he end up? Where's yeah, and and the uh, the accompanying mug. Did you get the Ghostbusters two mug that came with it, or was that uh, part of it? No, it didn't come with a mug. It, it oh, was okay. a it was a pack of Fuji in blue, and on one with side it had two of those. You know, the film used to have being canisters, yeah. canisters, and they used to come in their tiny little cardboard boxes. So I had two of those on one side, and on the other side was a a plastic bubble with a diecast ecto in it, and some sort of. Uh, I think that might have been the place where they had the contest for right. Yeah, your own ecto. That's that's where yeah that and I think that's where you could also mail in for the mug. That's where the mug came from. If Maybe I correctly. yeah. Okay. The, the white no. the white variant of the plastic mug. But uh, yeah, the other thing uh, I haven't found is I have a box with yeah, like my Hardy's noisemakers. That got <laughs> the recalled. ones that were recalled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, and I have a good chunk of the Hardy stuff. I also know that before I left, I packed up a box that had the binder with all the cryptozoic cards they're just it just must be boxes out there in the garage and i just haven't haven't dug up yet all right well or or i sent them out to the storage locker that i'll be emptying over the next yeah few weeks yeah there we'll we'll see the posts online of the eureka i found it uh kind of (laughs) stuff that's coming up pretty soon yeah exactly but uh all right well speaking of stuff to add to your collection check that segue out uh, nice. Our, our lead story is a lot of stuff that's going to take up a lot of shelf space. So, um, hope you're saving a little bit of room because I have a feeling you're going to be nope. picking up at least. Nope. Uh, he's not. <laughs> Don't save room, or you'll make room when you do. Uh, you're you're going to buy these. I'll I know you're going to buy these. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's clue people in with uh, what we're talking about here on the news. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, so as, as mentioned, there's a lot of new merchandise coming, and that's going to be our lead story in this episode. We're going to talk about Playmobil. Because there's a lot of them, and they're super awesome. They're so cool. I I can't. Here's here's. I was talking to Craig on on Facebook, and I was trying to articulate the fact that I really haven't cared about Playmobil toys uh, up until this point. You know, there was always the oh, that's that's cute, that's cool. But now I'm like, I need them all. I need all of these. <laughs> and it's it's kind of I don't know I, what what's happened to me. I I'm becoming a completionist for all of this stuff. But so Playmobil announced. You know, they're at uh, Toy Fair right now in New York City. Um, but leading up to that, they gave an advance look to, uh, I think it was Gizmodo who was able to break the story with all of their, uh, individual sets of which there are six total. Is that right, Chris? Six yep. or eight, six, six, uh, six total sets that are coming out, uh, in May. Um, and these things are, 
I mean, ranging from the Firehouse and the Ectomobile, which are both pretty complicated sets that have uh, lights and sounds and come with uh, figures and and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, But then on the smaller side, there's like, uh, well, there's also a Stay Puffed. Um, I think that's going to be on the smaller side, although the scale looking at the Playmobil figures he's he's pretty big he's he's pretty sizable he'll fit on that stay puff shelf of yours uh pretty well um and then there's the slimer with the hot dog stand that's one that we we talked about that's pretty cool beautiful one yeah yeah and but same thing he also comes with uh the hot dog vendor i want to say i'm looking it up right now yeah for 18 dollars, you get slimer the hot dog cart and the hot dog vendor (laughs) uh so, you know, really good bang for your buck. There's uh, Vankman with the two terror dogs and Dana. There's uh, Spangler with um, uh, kind of like a, I want to say like a revolution army kind of maybe, or a guy with, he's got a, he's got a top hat and a trench coat and a cane. So, you know, a, a ghost that we've yeah. not seen before, but a gentleman ghost, he's a gentleman player. Yeah. But so at any rate, uh, very cool figures. Um, I think the firehouse to me is the one that really stands out, Chris. What, uh, which, which one of these? Like the firehouse and the ecto. I kind of need both of those. I feel. Yeah, that's the one people are drawn to the most. Uh, I like them all. I actually have always had a kind of a soft spot for Playmobil. I don't know why, and I never really owned much as a kid. I just kind of, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a miniature worlds freak, so Playmobil. Given how, even though they're quite stylized, they put a lot of detail into them. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, you kind of figure you, it's like Legos. It's we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like the Lego sets, the detail that they put into those, these could just be rudimentary and pretty simple. But there's yeah. there's a lot going on here. You you accessories is kind of what makes it right because even though you don't really have to do much to snap the person together because they're literally a uh, you know a body and a tunic and then the hair on top of the head. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you do assemble them in kind of a Lego fashion, but it's pretty straightforward. Uh, if you buy like one of the night sets, it's your two suits of armor and, and, and a rack full of weapons. And it's just, like, it was this yeah. weird. Yeah, it was, it was, and they hit a sweet spot. It was almost kind of like they went, well, Legos for the people that want to use their imagination, um, constructively let's put yeah, it that to, way to build to actually to physically create their toy yeah this one was like we're going to give you a miniature world and you go tell a story and yeah. you don't have to worry yeah. about assembling it you don't have to put it together but we're going to give you so much stuff and i, I really kind of like them and i what i'm really impressed with with this one is it's the return of the no effing around um I skipped the F word. I was going to say the F word, but <laughs> I self-censored. You didn't want the yeah. You didn't want the censor beep on <laughs> Dude, there. I don't. I don't yeah. want the the red E. No. <laughs> um, everything for the last few years, people have kind of tippy-toed around it. You know what I mean? Like it makes business sense. I understand it, but everything's like here's wave one, and then here's wave two, and then here's wave three. Yeah, like, staggering it out so that you you kind of hedge your bets so that you're not putting everything out, and one of them doesn't yeah. sell, or yeah. Usually it's a cash flow thing too, right? Like it's a given that Diamond Select we're going to get all the Ghostbusters. So, but they've parceled them out over the different right. ways. Yeah. It's kind of like, but at the same time, if they made all the figures in the set, boy, that's a good chunk of change up front. But uh, Playmobil, no half stepping. They're like, here, six, go. Yeah, all here's everything. And and I think the other thing that was equally impressing, uh, impressive to me was the retail price on these. Like the Firehouse is only seventy dollars. That's you know, compared yep. to the the Lego Firehouse, which is still at like three hundred or so, 
Yep. And again, there's there's a lot of pieces. I know that the Lego Firehouse is pretty intricate, but also looking at this Playmobil set, there's you know there's all of the the accoutrement in there uh, in the lab slash uh, rec area. There's uh, all the stuff down in the garage. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty detailed, and for seventy dollars is actually pretty affordable. And I don't know why, but I always associated Playmobil with expensive too. Maybe because it was always in the sort of um, mom and pop uh, educational stores that <laughs> marked stuff up a little bit more than they usually uh, yeah, had to. But that was part of it. The other part of it is the stuff we always really coveted were the big sets, and the big sets, as you say, were seventy bucks doesn't seem too much to us now, especially compared to the giant Lego ones. Sure, but sure. When you ask mom, I want, I want the castle, and they're like one hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> no, but yeah. at the same time, you think about the little boxes they have, where you got the motorcycle cop or whatever. It's like five bucks. Yeah, so there's there something all. for everybody. But I mean, I, I think wasn't the original the Kenner Proton Pack like a sixty dollar price point or like an eighty dollar price? I, I'm trying to remember. Was it? It was a pretty. That's, it was a pretty wow. hefty chunk of change, if I remember right. Uh, I'd be surprised. I think it was. If it I think was. it was. Well, I'll I'll be corrected. I know I'm going to be corrected immediately. But uh, I think your parents lied to you. Can I have the proton pack? And they're like, no, it's a million dollars. No, too expensive. You cannot have it. Well, the firehouse certainly was really expensive. The firehouse playset was really, uh, really yeah, expensive it, as well. It, but it was a high hundred and something. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Even back then. But same same thing. Like, I mean, again, no, the that scale, can't be right because there was a time where you could get it on eBay for a hundred for a hundred bucks. So I, yeah, but it was. I think again, I think it was in that same like eighty to hundred bucks. Uh, because the the Ectomobile on its own was like forty bucks, you know, and that was nineteen eighty nine prices. So the only uh, frame of reference I have is the aircraft carrier they made for GI Joe, which was like three hundred bucks. Oh my or something. god! Yeah, which and that was a lot of toy. So I don't know. Uh, it fills or up the, the whole parking Tidarium. space. Yeah, the shuttle Tidarium for Star Wars was like a hundred and eighty dollar, hundred and fifty dollar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, same know. thing. I mean, it's it's uh, like you said for for the kids, it's a really good imagination tool because they've got everything here at their disposal. They don't have to be like, yeah. oh, I only have one Ghostbuster and no ghosts, and you know, here they there's plenty of play value. And then for the yeah. collectors, they look like they're going to display really well too. And we can they play with them really too. well. I'm not going to lie to you. And uh, the the fire hall is a little condensed scale wise compared to the figures. Like it is not as spacious. To the scale of the, but yeah, but still fits the Ectomobile. I mean, it's still but still no, no. But my point is, is that there's a bunch of like a, literally, you could have a whale of a time playing with like the uh, the Ecto Minis or something, right? Oh, or Cryptozoics yeah. figures because they're really in scale to the. I don't know. They look pretty sweet. I was really thrilled when the Ecto box, or the Ectomobile box, had the. <laughs> the in letters and i was like oh it makes noises it makes it? noises yeah and and also thrilling on the ectomobile is how detailed it is like compared yeah. to that kenner ectomobile you do you've got like the the radom on top and the sniffer and all of the stuff that you were kind of like where is that when i bought the kenner one all right i guess these two things are the light bars cool yeah uh, <laughs> i'll put the chair on top somebody was giving them crap because they're like yeah they got the they got the fender wrong and I'm kind of like, hey, they found a way not to pay GM. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, exactly. I think the grill is trademarked, or the you know the the logo on the hood of the car is trademarked, and yeah, the 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 front is the front and the I think the fender with the the two 
like turn signal lights or whatever yeah. on the sides and all that. Whereas this one had three. And actually, I seem to recall, like I was trying to find real Ghostbuster cell shots. And I seem to think that it was much, they kind of modeled it after real Ghostbusters. Yeah. In, Maybe that's how so they got much. around it on, on real Ghostbusters as well. We don't want to pay GM for uh, the licensing on it. We'll make yeah. this, this well, is our car. Yeah. Back then, I don't think they were in a battle with GM. That's a, that, that was a 88 miles per hour era thing. That was the first time I ever heard of oh, anybody God, I ever going. That. They actually put the GM logo on the comic they book. Actually, yeah, the, the trademark yeah. stamp and all that is on on their stuff because they had to and it was an after the fact thing like they put all their money into it contributed in some small way not the only way there was other issues but <laughs> in some small issues. way yeah to uh to why it kind of 88 kind of ended up folding because they put all their stuff like in, up to and including the the lithographs speaking of things where the hell is the box with my lithographs the lithograph, that, and that same thing that had the gm logo on it too it didn't had the it? gm logo yeah. but that came after the fact where mm. in the midst of this gm showed up and with their handout and they had to kind of come up with a deal <laughs> i remember it delayed things it was one of the reasons some of the first stuff was delayed was they were in the middle of having to sort stuff out with gm so hmm. yeah you put that cadillac logo on there and that's i'm sure where's my hardcover of the 88 oh that's not in a box uh, that never got made Oh, uh, that still hurts. Somebody somewhere still owes me 60 bucks for that. That for yeah, exactly. That 40, uh, 50 bucks we spent has been, it's gone. That's, that's uh, somewhere. That's somewhere in Barbados, somewhere in an offshore account now. I, but anyway, that that's, turned into dinner and pooped away years ago. <laughs> anyway. So also, <laughs> Also, with the Playmobil stuff was that trailer. We got to talk about that trailer because yes. that was a lot of fun. And same thing, I think they're they're really uh, they're kind of tapping into that same sense of humor as Lego. I mean, it, it doesn't really show itself until the very end when uh, you know actual physical contact. Can you move? Well, my arms and my legs are kind of stiff. You know, they actually <laughs> that self referential breaking of the fourth wall doesn't kick in until the end of the trailer there. But it's cool to see all of these these iconic scenes from the films uh, reanimated and new voice actors. Uh, I, I did see somebody yeah. complaining about the voice actors, but it kind of, that's that it's inconsequential. You don't want somebody to sound like Bill Murray. You don't want somebody to sound like, yeah, if, if they would have done that, you could have gotten like Maurice LaMarche and then we could have yeah. gotten into that territory. But yeah, you get, you get too close and then you gotta, you gotta, they gotta start running it by people to get an okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I would put money on, this might be because it surprised everybody that Playmobil put so much money into these various pop culture licenses. Right. Yeah. And then they started showing off these trailers and the first ones that it struck me as just PR. Yeah. And then with this one where they were replicating bits of the movie, I would put money down on there trying to move a little bit into like the, the Lego studios territory. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, where they were like, look, we've got, a way to make toys, people recognize it, and we're we're already generating the 3D assets. Let's make 30 minutes, even if it just goes to Netflix, let's just make 30-minute stories with yeah. the Back to the Future stuff or whatever. Well, and, and like you said, it's a good way to get around likeness rights. I mean, much like Lego is, uh, you don't have to worry about Bill Murray coming out and having to approve everything because it doesn't look like Bill Murray. <laughs> it doesn't look like him at all. Uh, so, As, I've, as a matter yeah. of fact, they all kind of look like 
wet puppy dogs. <laughs> That's the Playmobil look. Everybody, especially when you when they're not wearing a hat, it's like you have some sort of strange hat head there. It's, yeah, it's, uh, there was the you know when when the library ghost comes out and and frightens the socks off the poor librarian. I was expecting her hair to go flying. Like I was ready for the helmet hair to just kind of go boop and just pop off there. That was but, a nice uh, touch. I was like, wow, it's Alice and the ghosts. And, yeah. Oh, it's- I, I mean, and they, they really, a lot of detail went into this. I mean, all of the stuff on the rooftop, there was a lot of uh, atmosphere and lighting effects in terms of the animation. And, um, you know, as they're walking up the steps at the temple, they've got, uh, the the Vankman character doing the kind of shoulder shrug that he does, like they really got yeah. the mannerisms down pretty good. And uh, I'm kind of thinking there's a, even a space where even if they're not telling a new tale, to just tell the movie uh, in a half an hour aimed at kids, right? Yeah, like, with that sort of humorous Lego esque uh, spin. It, well, it'd be it'd be. You know, clever boots uh, on the part of Ghost Corps and them. If part of the deals they've been making have been around Little Golden Book, you can make a, a book out of it because we really want the the you know three to, to five year old bedtime story crowd right, to yeah. get a sense of the movies and um, you know you there Playmobil, you can totally make the six to twelve year old weird little in jokes, a little bit of slightly fart humor sort of. <laughs> But tell the story again. You know what I mean? Like that's a good way to turn these things into myth is to retell the story in all the different formats, yeah. aimed at all the different demographics. Well, and yeah, like like you say, that also opens it up so that you know, for kids kids look at it and they're like, "That's an old movie. Why would I watch an old movie?" But if it's yeah. this new cartoon, then it's uh-huh. shiny and new, and uh, then it's accessible. And yeah, so that- or get them in earlier when you know, mom and dad who are fans are sitting there going, "I can't show my four year old." you know, the movie yet, <laughs> but Hey, Playmobil. Perfect. Yeah, we'll watch yeah. that. And then, cause the, you know, I've, we've seen parents do that with the star Wars, right? Like you're not ready to watch the movie yet, but you're all over star Wars rebels. Yeah, Great. Here you go. Watch, the, watch rebels, watch the Lego, uh, cartoons. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. All I right. put a little money in that. We haven't had a podcast bet in ages. No, that's, it's been a while. And that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good podcast bet. Cause I didn't even think about that being, almost like a backdoor pilot, so to speak, that here's like a test, an animation test that they've done to kind yeah. of prove that they can do it. And then exactly go well, from well, there. The work's done and they can yeah. do it. And it does look really good. It does. It looks really good. And, and do look it. at the response, like, you know, outside of the Ghostbusters fan base, that's probably listening to this uh, podcast. It's everywhere. It's up everywhere. on io9. It's up on uh, slash film. You know, all of the big uh, major outlets picked it up and and ran with it yeah. too. So Gizmodo got got their exclusive. Yeah, golf. Yeah, golf clap Gizmodo. Gizmodo. Yeah. Not like there's any Ghostbuster podcasts out there that would really <laughs> like some heads up, but whatever. I know that's uh, <laughs> we take what we can get. We, but you know, I wish. I wish we would. I wish we would be informed by a lot of other things because uh, the IDW annual came out, and you and I have uh-huh. been running around like chickens with our heads cut off for like three weeks trying to figure <laughs> out when this thing comes out. Yeah, and then I ended up running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to get a copy to read before we recorded. Yeah, yeah, and again because it. Uh, so uh, funny enough, we're actually recording this on Groundhog Day, which you may have caught on to at the very beginning of this podcast but uh what if yeah. there's no podcast tomorrow there wasn't today <laughs> there wasn't today. i am a podcast god not the podcast god uh i think uh, i think much like uh 
uh, wild stallions, you know, be good to one another. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm I'm adopting. Uh, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Don't drive That's angry. That's my mantra for the rest of my life. Don't drive angry. Ten and two. Ten and two. Don't drive angry, everybody. <laughs> uh well so at any rate so you got a copy of it that's uh we should talk <laughs> so here's i i ended up getting the digital copy because i didn't Same. know i didn't know it came out it was one of those like uh yesterday wednesday uh when yeah. it when it was released i saw it on uh i think it came out on eric's twitter some somebody was like hey it's out today and i said yeah. great oh i uh, can't tom, tom waltz to eric dan they all yeah. went it's out uh, and and thank goodness they did because uh, wouldn't wouldn't have known now. But uh, so yeah, so digital version gave it a read. We will, uh, as promised, we will do a cyclotron as soon as one hundred one that first issue comes out. We'll talk about both of them. But I, I think you and I, Chris, we can talk about our thoughts on it. What uh, what sure. were your impressions of the annual? Because these are always a lot of fun. They put so many different stories in there. There's a lot of different perspectives. Um, all of the annual was written by Eric Burnham this time. Uh, yeah. But uh, artist-wise, we got a really a wide gamut of of different artists, which was what's cool. It got to see, you know, uh, the different side of Ghostbusters, all the different universes. But uh, what what did you latch on to the most in the annual, Chris? What did I latch on to the most? Oh, I had it in my head, and then we got talking about other things. Uh, well, this, let me the think Slimer here. story. That's the one that really, like, oh. <laughs> the multiple <laughs> versions of, of Slimer's origins. That was one of my I, favorite highlights. Uh, I call that one the cheat, because they were, the covers, like, the origin of Slimer. Actually, it's we're just going to present a bunch of theories. Well, two, and well, neither yeah. of them's confirmed. <laughs> two, two and a pretty good, a pretty solid gag at the end to sort of close things, uh, to, to drop the horse on the sketch, because they're all sort of written like sketches, which is nice. Yes. Uh, so so to get out of it, there's a pretty fun gag. But I, I, I like the two origin stories, and it's it sort of... Yeah. I think for the reasons that I'm glad that they didn't put the origin story of Slimer in the new Ghostbusters movie, he kind of don't want to know the real origins of Slimer. You don't want to have no. the definitive origins of, of what that guy is. It would ruin it. And it would kind of steal away from the, um, the more whimsical explanation that it was in honor of, uh, John Belushi. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, gluttony incarnate, yeah. which, which they actually mentioned in the comic, which I thought was a, a good nod. Um, you can, you can do it with some and not others. Like they explain the library ghost in the video game. And I'm kind of fine with that Yeah, because yeah. we know you look at her, she's a human. She, you know, she's wearing a period dress. She's obviously something to do with the library. It's like, great. Then when they tell the tale of this librarian, like, all right, that makes sense. But, uh, this mysterious nonverbal gluttonous ghost <laughs> haunting a hotel. If you ever tried to come up with one and actually this, this story illustrates it, you're like, yeah, I guess that's okay, but it could also be a million different things, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Which, there's nothing particular about him that, other than his hunger that makes you go, Oh, well that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's a good nod to it. You know, it, when the cartoon turned into Slimer and the real Ghostbusters and Slimer yeah. suddenly had story arcs and backstory and friends uh, who drove ice cream trucks. And it's like, what? I, he's just, he just eats things. He's a, he's a vacuum yeah. cleaner. He is a semi-corporeal vacuum cleaner. It's just like, yeah, let it be. I um, kind of feel like the guys actually kind of had this thought too, because Egon even has the line where he's like, well, I think you're right. You know, or, um, interesting point about the food thing that it's obviously important enough yeah. that it had something it something to do with his you know the their original life sort of thing but that's as far as they but went. that's the extent just, of it yeah i'm just saying stamping it on the cover that people are good 
there might be some lawsuits, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not me. I'm fine, but there's we'll truth in advertising. advertising and well, what they, okay, so what we lack in a true <laughs> origin story for Slimer, we do end up getting for uh, Winston in Ghostbusters 2 during the Scolari Brothers yes. uh, courtroom scene, which that, again, talk about breaking the fourth wall, uh, writing uh, Eric and Louie and Dan themselves into the comic here, which I thought was a really good touch. Yes. Uh, but... <laughs> But it's one of those things where everybody's always debated where he went, what happened, you know, did they make him go away so that you wouldn't get uh, caught up in, in the actual lawsuit or get arrested or go to prison or, uh, well, it turns out that the origin of that story is pretty simple. And I, I like the way that the guys did that. I, again, for those of you who haven't read it, uh, we didn't throw a spoiler alert on there, so we won't go too too much into it. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and... And and in that same brand of the IDW humor makes a whole lot of sense. It's not like Winston goes on this huge trek down the Nile River and you're like, wait, yeah. what? That doesn't make any sense. This this very well, the, much makes sense in the world. The other three, what, a 10-minute fight in the courtroom? How much could he do? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. But he <laughs> he just sort of has to kind of disappear for a few minutes. And yeah. And it was a really nice experience. Uh, we should come up with a term for it, like a, like a, a Bruce Dern's little acting uh, tropes is a Dernsey or something. We need to come up with a like a dapper. We call it a dapper or something when <laughs> when when '80s movies get referenced in the comic. Yeah, this was this was this was a really solid dapper. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I like that. Let's just call them dappers from now on. They're da- yeah, there's a pretty there's a pretty good dapper in there. Well, I, you're you're referring to what we learn about the Scolaris. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a very that's a big dapper. That's a big dapper. <laughs> that's a big dapper. Uh, so yeah. So now we'll, we're teaching Michael Tanaka something. You write yeah. that down. These are now called dappers. Yeah. From this <laughs> point forward, you need to keep your list of dappers. Uh, so yeah so that's that's a good story the uh the tee up for 101 i actually really enjoyed too we will learn about uh the new characters that are going to be introduced including the the younger set the next generation that's coming in um yeah it was a really nice left turn of them to go everybody keeps going i want to see the guys kids and every you know a lot of us go that's a bit on the nose you know the next generation is the children of the four guys but hey Janine's got a family. Yeah, Janine's got uh and and yeah, we've got she has a sister or a brother. Wait, have they established? Here's where Michael's going to come in. Michael Tanaka. Have <laughs> they established that Janine has a brother or a sister yet? That's something that's we've new to me. Given him some work to do. He was actually he sounded <laughs> slightly proud of us, but like bored disappointed at the same time that <laughs> there he was didn't, nothing didn't have correct. anything to correct yeah. us on. <laughs> for for those of you who don't know, Michael Tanaka of uh, you know, a longtime uh, catalog researcher of the IDW verse among other things, just encyclopedic knowledge of Ghostbusters. Uh, yes. he listens to the episode on I think Sunday night because we post it very late <laughs> Sunday night uh, so that it's up yes. there first thing Monday morning. And so Monday morning we always wake up and there's an email from him that's uh that either says congratulations, I don't have to correct you on something, or here's a list of politely correcting us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's actually he's done enough that he's earned himself. He's Kevin, Kevin Tanaka, and he is 
and and is on the cover of uh the sixth issue the eighth issue they interlock and i think it's the six issues yeah so he's 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 popped up here and there and they're obviously not letting him go they're not letting a lot of stuff go like what i really liked about this nod to the upcoming 101 and a nod to the whole idea that there's a multiverse of ghostbusters every universe has a ghostbuster team that will so they showed the movie slash idw team the panel was real Ghostbusters, which yeah. of course got established in the the Get Real. Then the Extreme Team, which is awesome because of course, you know they've lifted bits into the this movie slash IDW universe. So there's you, you there's you can tell that the echoes kind of uh, go through. But yeah. then all the way over to the end, here's the um, Sanctum of Slime Team again that we saw. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so you're talking about this is the very end tease, which is a awesome yes. tease. It's a one pager kind of setting up what's coming in 101 and it and done in in such a brilliant way that you know look there are multiple dimensions we have established this uh and in fact eric even gives you like a a parenthetical it's like hint hint nudge nudge um so uh so yeah so there's they're really establishing here how the the answer the call characters are going to come into this uh operating in their own dimension uh completely separate but some way somehow are going to slip into our our idw verse which uh very exciting and and on top of that the new characters that they've introduced you can really fall into a trap with junior ghostbusters pretty fast i feel especially yeah watching all of the real ghostbusters episodes with the junior ghostbusters it's like they get in over their heads and then the, the ghostbusters have to come in and save them and um it looks like the, the guys are really handling that pretty well they don't know the equipment uh but they can handle themselves they're you know pretty uh, able in their own right and then you know they get that business card that's like hey we'd like to train you and that's you know again your your prequel to what's coming up here in 101 so yeah uh yeah pretty pretty solid man i don't there's nothing in there that i'm kind of like oh that was cuz there's there's oh, the no. pagan uh bust which is just a, a very again another cute uh, one pager uh, sketch yeah the pagan one is great and the return of the the goblin yes yeah yeah from <laughs> from extreme ghostbusters the bit of an rgb dapper there on dan's part yeah yeah, yeah. A, a dapper, dapper. see, see it there works you go. so well um <laughs> going back to that last the last page the 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 teaser for the upcoming yeah. 101 yeah. series uh and again thinking further about the they even arrange the panels to show an outward ripple of how the concept of of a team forming to fight ghosts is consistent throughout the universes, but but there's a spectrum, and the f- further you move from the core uh, uh, universe A with the IDW slash movie team, the more it wobbles off the. So so they went with movie core team, the real Ghostbusters team, which is a perfect analog to the extreme Ghostbusters team, which is linked to the old one, but yeah. you know what I mean, offset to the Sanctum of Slime team, which is a whole other team to uh the answer the call team which is uh, like just no real analog right, like the same right. with slime you can kind of look at it and go oh you know a couple of guys and a girl and all that sort of extreme ghostbusters and then you wobble off the end to yeah here's that's your... an entirely different team you can't even you can't even say there's your egon there's your you know what i mean the stuff yeah, that we all talked yeah. about when we were speculating about the movie it's like no that's a whole new team well and, and to sort of support that you know, again, uh, nod to Mr. Dapper Dan Shoning, the like the 
the blocking, the way that he's done the actual, like the stair stepping in the blocking of those four panels that you just talked about, it is. You start yeah. on the top step and then you work your way down to the Sanctum of Slime Guys. Not not saying that one is higher up on the echelon than another, but you know, sort of giving you that progression of here's the next step, here's the next step, here's another, you know, kind yeah. of showing you that uh, it's it's like a family tree, you know. It's it's branching down, yeah. and here come the brackets, that kind of thing. So it's, it's and a I nice, had to look nice at touch. I had to look look back at it twice because it reads to your brain like they're all standing in a line. It really does, and yeah. they're not. They're yeah. in hard panels separate from one another, but at the same time, they're presented in such a way that it just looks like this lineup of sixteen uh, Ghostbusters. I'm like, it was really. It's like a, a round of applause to Dan on that one because that yeah. last panel was. I mean, he's done some amazing stuff, but that that one. For a one-page teaser, it's like, wow, that's actually really good. Yeah. Now the one, the one dapper that he did miss, and I, he, I'm sure uh, he'll be like, "Come on, guys, really?" But on the firehouse, uh, the the flower's not there. Ugh. That's the one thing. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's the answer. The call verse. I guess that's the other uh, explanation here. Is the flower's not there because this is not the. Uh, N- not well, not the could, prime universe, maybe. That's right. You also could argue that there's they're in 2016, so by that point, it's been somebody's taken care painted of, over it. Yeah, there's. Yeah, uh, I actually, I spend my days looking at Lego sets uh, for uh, street pieces, so I can build the street so around it. So it. I can put a lamppost. <laughs> so I can put a stupid flower piece fl- of graffiti I know, on I know, it. I know your love of that flower and that's the only uh, reason I bring it up. Uh, but uh, so yeah. So anyway, so IDW annual, go pick it up. Um, very awesome stuff. One oh one just around the corner here. Uh, not too far, just a few weeks time. We'll, we'll have that next issue. So it's, it's actually kind of, it works really well. You, we've got the annual to hold us over until the next, uh, the iteration or next uh, story arc begins. So um, mm-hmm. very, very cool stuff. And yes, we'll have a cyclotron soon special guests coming up. So, so stay tuned for that. Um, let's, let's rock through a few more. We've got a couple of bullet points here on the rundown, Chris. Um, let's see, Ernie Hudson. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Angie Trebekah. So I'm really glad to hear that Ernie Hudson is making, uh, an appearance on the show. I don't, are are you familiar with Angie Trebekah? I don't know if it's, if it's being broadcast in Canada, to be honest, it's varies, uh, Zucker brothers, uh, police squad. Um, that same sort of uh, brand of humor, you know, it's very Naked Gun, Police Squad, what's uh, it, Airplane. What's it called? Angie Tribeca. It's a Steve Carell oh, show. Yeah, I have seen the billboards. The last last year, the few times I was in L.A., there was a billboard of two male cops, a female cop, who I'm assuming is Angie Tribeca, yeah. and a police dog. But yes, they were all in that yeah. in that that kind of you know, that hard steel action look into the distance <laughs> pose. And it made me laugh because it had the dog. Yeah. The dog is, <laughs> that's, that's one of the recurring jokes is so Angie Tribeca is Rashida Jones. And then, um, uh, shoot, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He was one of the writers on the Conan show, uh, who, Oh, Dion Cole, uh, his, his partner is a German shepherd. Um, but it's not a police dog. He's actually his partner. So the dog has like anthropomorphic, <laughs> anthropomorphic uh, he drinks coffee and he's got a wife and it's, it's really funny, but. Oh, that's very, so, uh, what's danger. What was that? Uh, strange. The action team that fought Hitler <laughs> comedy. Uh, uh, yes. And their, their boss had an Eagle's head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that same Danger, sort of thing. Yeah. 
That's um, great. I, I, that I have to see. So yeah, it's it's one of the it's a TBS show down here. So I'm not I'm not sure in Canada where it's airing, but uh, so at, at any rate, Ernie Hudson's going to be playing uh, Rashida Jones's dad on the show in the next season, which starts uh, pretty soon. Here, it's going to be uh, starting as a, a mid season pickup. So. Nice. Uh, that's that's very cool. Ernie Hudson's uh, show APB also starts next week. So man, Ernie is everywhere. Good for him. Uh, the APB is like it looks like it's almost human part two. It's just really yeah. F- future cops and and Ernie looks like he's going to be playing like the chief or the commissioner. So uh, good good for Ernie. I just, wanted, I just wanted to be a vampire so I could live a long time and see future cops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's so I can live in the future cops. That's a strange left turn. No, but that was I a, like that it. That was a modified I'll ta- deep cut reference right there. <laughs> wow, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, um, Ernie probably not going to make that reference, but uh, no. so yeah, so Ernie all over your TV sets. Hardest uh, working man in television because he's always everywhere. He is. He's always doing guest spots and also on the tour. I mean, he was just in a couple of uh, conventions uh, that we know of. So yeah, Ernie's Ernie's everywhere, man. Yeah, and he's booked for uh, Europe there. Yeah. Like he's got a busy year. Busy year for that guy, uh, but good for him. Good to see Ernie uh, out there and and representing. I love love seeing him work. Um, Bernie Wrightson has announced his retirement. Uh, co- concept artist of Ghostbusters. We talked about That's him. Right. Oh, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks ago, because some of his art was up on a Kickstarter that they were talking about the portals to hell, which was actually just the Zool Temple concept that he had com- he had come up with. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it makes sense now that he's kind of going back and getting nostalgic in his work. If he's retiring, it makes a lot of sense. He's putting an art book together and he's, he's putting that all out there sort of like as his, his tome, you know, here's his body of work as he looks at retirement. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's a Drew Struzman kind of retirement where he's not gone. He's yeah, just, oh, I'm sure you, you can't stop an artist from painting or drawing or illustrating. I, it's well, one of those no. things that, Sad, sadly you can it's well, just usually I mean, they don't publicly announce it so yeah yeah so i i think i i'm taking that he's not really doing conceptual art for films anymore but i'm sure he'll probably yeah. do you know some pieces uh, uh a commission here or there um so sort of like what uh there was another news item uh dan ackwards actually commissioned a canadian artist ron i think it's such suchu suchu um can't help you out there, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, but he's he's a Canadian artist who has done a few Blues Brothers prints, and it's it's one of those things where same thing. He does these like runs of thirty prints, and they're sort of graced with Dan Aykroyd's signature, and they sell for like three hundred bucks. So they're very limited yeah. edition uh, items, but but very cool. So I'm sure Where's Bernie will be the doing Ghostbusters the same thing. ones. I know, right? Why is I pay I pay big money for. Uh for uh, Ray with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth sort of yeah, thing. You know what yeah. I mean? like, and he kind of does these surreal paintings. Like the one that Dan apparently commissioned is uh, Jake and Elwood on a, like riding on a motorcycle in heaven or something like that. I can't remember now. It's some, it's some sort of kind of weird surreal uh, image that, that Dan's trying to get him to work on. But uh, do, you, do you like go-karts? Everybody <laughs> likes go-karts. <laughs> yeah, I'll put what, you on a skateboard. Well, yeah. What would, uh, <laughs> what would, what would Ray be? Would he be hanging out with? I mean, now we have uh, Jenny, so he's like out on a date with his, uh, with his ghost girlfriend. Maybe I don't. What would, yeah, maybe. What would be his kind That'd of weird surreal image? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, best best of luck to Bernie. Um, you know, hopefully we get to see more of his artwork soon. Yeah. Relax. Uh, yeah, relax. You know, take Keep your feet up. Take some time. Go do some traveling, man. 
Uh, how about, oh, Dubai. Here's a strange one. Um, <laughs> so Janos Poha and Vigo the Carpathian are in a music and dance review in Dubai Motion Gate. And uh, Vigo's looking, he lost a little weight. He's looking a little, little trim. Yeah. <laughs> and by weight, I mean height. He's very small. Um, but uh, it's a weird... We talked about it a couple of weeks ago because they've got the Ghostbusters out there in the park doing the, you know, Backstreet Boys, uh, uh, choreographed dancing, uh, singing along to pop songs um, that they had started. But now they've introduced Janos and Vigo into the mix, which um, as, as far as I can tell from the video that's been up online, they're acting as the Beetlejuice role. They possess the Ghostbusters and make them dance to in sync songs i don't know like, yeah what is it with possessing the ghostbusters and making them dance to to tunes i don't know it's a weird thing it makes a certain amount of logical well a bit more logical I, if you're at universal and you have the rights to beetlejuice i guess it makes sense that I, beetlejuice would do it but yes. uh, but Janos when you're motion gate dubai yeah you've yeah, sure why not and vigo, and, pos, vigo possessed uh, both ray and Janos, so and made by them staring dance. at them yeah that's true Staring at them and making them drive chaotically and steal babies off of rooftops. Um, <laughs> oh, but that would. Oh, but that would. Uh, yeah, I don't. I it's check it out. It's online. There's a, a YouTube video. I think you put it on the Proton Charging Facebook, right? I I'm did. Yes. Pretty sure you did. Yeah. So check check that out. It's um, it's pretty weird, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> um, I think any time movie characters uh, uh, purple rows of Cairo their way into your amusement park that you're at, it gets a little little surreal. Yeah, it gets gets a little strange. So, uh, so let's see. There's there's two other bullet points here. The Bandai Stay Puffed and the Rowan. Uh, those look oh. super cool. Oh um, my god, those look amazing. They, I, I think actually the the promo art and stuff that they put out before the actual release of the figures didn't really do them justice. Like Rowan looks really no. good. Stay Puff looks really, really good. Um, I'm kind of now regretting telling Naoki I didn't have room for him when he was like, "Oh, I'll buy you one," and I'm like, "Oh no, dude, you're way too generous. Please don't." That's I. Yeah. I really, I appreciate it. I, I'm the, good, and then I'm like, the nah, pose I told him. The posability of the Stay Puff is just mind-boggling yeah yeah and the detail on rowan too it's like the posability on stay puffed and stay puff looks good that's the other thing that for some strange reason stay puffed's face sculpt is always the hardest thing for like that the NECA yeah. stay puffed always looked weird uh the mattel one was pretty good i feel like he looked he looked pretty good the diamond select banks they always had good uh, face sculpts but um but yeah this this bandai one looks really really good and uh man i again that's when i actually probably should have picked up but maybe you still can it sounds like they you know you can import them i'm sure they're going to show up on like entertainment earth and those types of websites so, yeah let's show up there somewhere. so check it out they are they're a little pricey but it uh, looks like they're well worth it you know um, i'm looking at my wall here and the stay puff face on the dorbs and the funko pop they're right off. They're nothing like the movie. Oh yeah. Well, the Funko, the Funko Pop. He's got, he's got this sort of uh, like anime look to him, which is is really. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I got a I got a McDonald's pencil sharpener that's way off too. So <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. But even remember when the DVD came out and they had the little statuette? Uh, I think it was like for the 25th anniversary. The it was the little like. Um, 
like ceramic statuette that he was on the base that said Ghostbusters and that that face yeah. sculpt it was such a weird thing they gave him like a, a weird nose or something um but uh so at any rate yeah Bandai looks looks really awesome um all right so there's there's one more item on the rundown and and the reason that I've kind of rushed is because I wanted to have some time for you and I to talk about this um the article that kind of made the rounds, there was the, I think it was the Daily Post one that we didn't even talk about because it was the Daily, or it was the New York Daily News, right? Um, the uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, 20th Century Fox-owned paper that loves to slam Sony all the time for many reasons. But uh, So yeah. we didn't talk about that, but now, yes, there has been an article that came out in Deadline, in Variety, and a lot of the entertainment trades uh, talking about a $1 billion loss for Sony Pictures. Now... Um, this is in part because uh, Ghostbusters underperformed, but it was also, it was a drop in the bucket. There were a lot of things that underperformed, came out and flat out bombed. Um, especially when you compare to like Disney who has Marvel after Star Wars, after, um, Beauty and the Beast, after Jungle Book, like just hit after hit after hit after hit. And then Sony sort of has this very tepid response to a lot of their films. So that's what the article is saying. I had to read up on it because yeah. a lot of the simpler articles just said they post a loss. Yeah. And most people read that as uh, the last year sucked and so we lost X amount of money. Well, no, but this Whereas, is, they, they track this back to 1989, right? Like this is from yeah. them purchasing Sony Pictures. It is, it is called pictures. the other way around. Yeah. It, it is called what's called a write down. And I wasn't familiar with it. And then I had to do a little reading. But what it amounts to is the <laughs> if you've ever followed the world of Enron or anything like that, um, I mean that's the most egregious example of uh, creative accounting ever. But there are some things that you can do as a corporation, uh, like you can carry losses around. So what you do then, for example, is, a good example is uh, Sony buys Columbia for whatever it was at the time, and I believe it was. Hundreds of millions from from Coca Cola, right? Because yeah. Coke had bought it in '84 and then so that's a, sold it a around. Big, a big chunk of change. So in that first quarter, you don't go, "Oh, and we lost a quarter of a billion dollars because we bought Columbia." Because you're like, "No, no, no, no. We just barely bought it. It hasn't done anything yet. So that's not a loss. It yeah. just hasn't performed yet." And that's part of what the article said. Like this goes all the way back to the initial buy. So what you do is you're kind of like. Here's some of the money. We're, cl- this, we're claiming some of this money and, and how it went, and the rest we're just going to carry over. And it's it's also it, because, again, a perfect example Sony's healthy, has the money, buys Columbia. Well, if you then go, well, we just lost a quarter of a billion dollars. Well, in the world of stock, you're like, well, that sucks. So the reality is, is that Sony's not doing bad way back then. They just made a major purchase of a studio. That's great. Yeah. So it, it seems weird then to, to file a report that says you're unhealthy because you're kind of not. You've in, made an investment is what it is. You haven't yeah. really lost. Yeah. You've just made an investment. So they carry these things along. And that apparently happens quite a bit, especially when you're like having years where you're like, look, this is just not a good year to, 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 for, Let's just spruce it up a little bit, whatever. That's where it gets slightly creative. You, you, you carry this stuff along. And then they have this thing called a write-down. And the thing about a write-down is that it's done strategically. And it's literally a dump. Like, it's a cleaning of house. And that's exactly what this was. They went, we had a, a crap couple of years. It's not looking great. But typically what happens is companies go, let's just take a bath. Because you know what? It's not looking great anyways. So 
how much more can we impact our, yeah. our, our bottom line with the public? Like if the, if you already smell like crap, you might as well shovel on some more garbage because, <laughs> but, but, and that sounds funny, but the point is that's done when you're like, but the wheels are turning and we got some plans lined up and we're looking to improve. So <laughs> in a weird way, if you trust uh, the company that's doing it, you go, now's a really good time to buy in because it's yeah. about to take a big dip and they're gunning for it to come back up. Now at the same, and partly what it is to, well, there's a flip side though. You can also interpret it as, um, people are looking to buy us and banks want us to be valuated correctly. So we yeah, have to, yeah. Our, so what's on paper is it looks good. And really we're about 25% less good. And so you can look at it one of two ways. There's strategically, it's often presented as now's the time to clean house and we're going to pick up, you know, we're going to improve and, and not only will we have a clean house, but then we're doing awesome. And that's, and then we're into the stratosphere. Yeah. Onwards and, and upwards. And finding a CEO. The, that's the other part of it too. That's, yeah. they're also saying we're looking for a CEO that's going to bring us to that stratosphere. Yeah, exactly. It goes one of two ways. You're like, we're losing our C, a CEO that always has a negative impact. Just, you know, dust it out while we're at it. Right. Like you, yeah. we're taking hits, take a few more, clean it up. Uh, I mean, you could cynically also look at it and go, well, this is just my interpretation. This is not, I've never read it. Everything I read said, this is when they go, we're at a low, but we're digging in and looking to clean, like, you know, to yeah. improve. So we've had a bad turn. Let's clean house and get ready for and, the and, uptick we're going for. And they're flat out saying we're not selling. That's the other thing. Well, too, that's is just they're it. Saying they said we're, we're selling. flat out. They're not selling. My yeah. interpretation is if you want to be really cynical about it, now's the time to correct your evaluation and, and have a, a drop because you are listening to people. Uh, uh, you know, people are starting to make offers. Frankly, though, I think partly what it is, there's a, uh, this is kind of like everything else. We can't see behind the veil. We can yeah. only guess. Yeah. I'd imagine that part of this may also serve a purpose that it's not cynically about, but maybe somebody is going to buy us. So we got to get our house in order. I think part of it is that all corporations, large ones do have banks. They deal with the banks underwrite things. And I, Remember the the New York Post article said, "Oh, banks have been coming to them saying, look, people are sniffing around." And Sony at the time was saying, "No, we're not, we're not selling." Yeah. But if you've got these banks that you have a relationship with and they're underwriting your stuff, when they say, "Look, people are giving you offers. At least get the valuation right," as if this was a serious thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. strategically not a bad idea to go. Look, we have no intent of selling right now, but if it would make you happy, we will tidy everything up so that these talks you're having, every time you come to us with a piece of paper saying somebody wants to buy it for twelve bucks, <laughs> at least it's a, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's you a have, due you have diligence. Somebody come and thing. look at your house and tell you how much your house is worth. Uh, you know, yeah. so that as you're putting the equity into the house, you know exactly what you're trying to, uh, what you can yeah. sell it for. Um, it feels to but, me kind of uh, like a good faith thing, where somebody because yeah. we do know from that article they were saying that bank their bank are coming to them saying things are a little weird and you may have to dump and everything should be in order if you're running a company it is good faith with these banks that have been backing you for years to go all right let's do a write down let's get our valuation in order so at least when people are coming to us it all it's all on the up and up yeah. and it's as clean you know it's it's at its clean and polished as it's been in a while and but we are also operating internally as here's the next year's films and here's what we're trying to build up and here's where we're heading towards. And if everything goes great, 
awesome. We win. And you know what? If things turn to crap, well, we got our house in order and you guys, you know, and we'll go with yeah, you. We'll entertain offers. Yeah. So, I, so I mean, it, it's exciting. Point. I learned stuff. I was very, very excited <laughs> to learn. To learn well, things. it is. It's, it's one of the, it's very, it's all business. It's not personal. It's business. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the immediate questions that I started fielding and the conversations that were being had were, well, if they sell, then what does it mean for Ghostbusters? Is this good? Is this bad? And I, I think it's, it's premature to start talking about that. I mean, I do, I think one of two things would happen. Uh, one, it would be like MGM and they would start auctioning off all of their intellectual properties. So, you know, Ghostbusters yeah. and Karate Kid and all those things among them. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. What I actually would see is it would be like when Coca-Cola purchased, um, uh, Sony or Columbia pictures from GE, I think it was at the time. Right. And you yeah. know, then Sony comes in and buys it from Coke. And I have a feeling that if this were to happen again, it wouldn't be, there's no interest in why would Disney buy Sony pictures? Why would Disney want Columbia pictures? Well, Spider-Man maybe, but that's something that they can always look. They've already kind of weaseled their way in. Spider-Man's joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, everything is great. Everybody's sharing. Everything is awesome. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be like Facebook buys Sony Pictures. You know what I mean? Like that Columbia is going to be purchased by some other corporate entity again. It's going to yeah. be like when Comcast bought Universal. Um, you know, if you look at, I would imagine like AT&T like I and I'm just throwing this out there I don't know anything about this I'm just speculating but you know AT&T buys DirecTV because look they want to have phones yeah. and satellite oh but you know what they really need now a studio to make content oh look Columbia Pictures is up for sale like that's I think what would end up happening yeah there's ebbs and flows to these things and we've been at the tail end of 15 years of studio consolidation yeah. to the point where we're at what's the number now Five, three, the, I can never the remember. Big studios, yeah. We've got Warner, Disney, Fox, Sony, and Paramount. Five. Five. Yeah. yeah. That's a big jump down from the eighties when remember how many you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, little United guys Artists popping up and everywhere. TriStar oh. and yeah. Carolco, oh, Miramax. Yeah. But we we do we still stuff. have those. We have like the Summit uh, Lions Gates and the you know oh, the yeah. smaller There's studios. But um, but 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 what happens is is we've gotten to the point where there's these and everybody, there was a lot of people that treated this the same way they cast the movie. They, I really want to see X meaning the latest hot comedy star that was just in a movie that everybody loved. It's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's really not thinking outside of the box. So there's a lot of people going, Disney should buy it. And it's like, well, that's an easy answer, isn't it? Well, yeah. But really, and- is that the best idea to hand it over to, you know, a monopoly? I, would split the difference with you and say that a lot of, I think you're right. Cause this is the flip side is there. It's a diversification thing at the same time that these things are consolidating in the background. You have all these companies just like you did back then, like GE, GE doesn't make movies, but GE's like, it's time to diversify. And they bought themselves a studio. And when that wasn't going well, they Coke, Coke makes soda pop and Coke went, Kids drink a lot of pop at a movie. Time to diversify. We need product placement. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Sony, because remember, it was like Sony makes electronics. Time to diversify. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're right. I think there's, you know, you look around at these other big companies. I mean, crap, there's a, there's a certain point you could argue that, uh, you know, like even a Netflix or somebody might start looking around. But I think there's kind of a middle ground these days where it's so much about content and 
what will work best for you that I could see somebody like say a Netflix showing up with a let's say a Marvel which is ostensibly yeah. Disney because they have a relationship the two show up one's got the giant pile of cash that allows the other one to say we're in we're buying you for this amount and it's like all the dragon's gold game or something like that once they have <laughs> columbia what the agreement behind the the you know behind the doors is that disney's like spider-man's back with us thanks very much yeah uh yeah. and meanwhile whoever it is netflix goes awesome we're starting the men in black and the ghostbusters you know yeah. streaming series goodbye yeah. Well, and you're, I mean, I, th- I think you're onto something there with Netflix because they have this huge war chest, but they're making all of this uh, original content like in Malaysia at Pinewood in Malaysia. And they don't yeah. have their own proper studio where they can be doing these uh, half hour shows. They don't have a studio. I mean, they do have like, you know, a, a giant um, a corporate office in Santa Monica, but they don't have, yeah. they don't have a studio lot. So that's, no. that's the other thing too, is they may just buy Columbia outright just to have the, columbia name in the studio uh you exactly. never know that's right uh so that's that's also a possibility but i guess so and that would in, be more exciting to me because the people going disney should get it i'm like and do what and, like, yeah, what are they gonna they'll do make safe movies i we've all talked about this before a television series or a streaming television series or whatever you'll call like i would binge watch a ghostbusters series come on sure, sure absolutely and that's i mean that I, I think that's what i was getting toward was this is no matter what happens, it's all good news for the Ghostbusters franchise that we all know and love because yeah. all of these places, like you said, they're looking for content. It, whether it's Netflix, whether it's AT&T with DirecTV, whether it's whoever ends up purchasing uh, Sony, if they even if they end up doing it, you know, because Sony has Crackle, they have their PlayStation Network, they have all of these outlets that they're still trying to figure out how to exploit, they may want yeah. to do that. Um, you know, I think it's it's still it's good news for ghost core and everything that they're doing because it's not affecting them at all. Like if, no. if Sony sells Columbia pictures to AT&T tomorrow, nothing changes. In fact, the only thing that probably changes is they expedite the schedule on, you know, the animated movie and the things that we know that they're working on right now. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to want the content even faster and sooner and they're going to want yes, more of it. Cause and they just dropped a whole bunch of money yeah. and they wanted to start generating return exactly. as fast as possible. Well, and same thing, they know that there's merchandising and licensing tie in money there for, for yeah. things like ghostbusters, for things like men in black, for all of these properties that, and, and and rightfully so, the criticism that Sony usually gets is, well, you're not exploiting your intellectual property correctly. Look at how long it took for them to figure out, oh, we have Ghostbusters, we can do stuff with this. Yeah, it took, you know, almost twenty years. So yeah, um, it's I think it's only good news for uh, it's again because somebody is investing money into Sony or slash Columbia, they're investing money into Ghostbusters, they're investing money into these IPs that they have. So. I don't. I mean, I, I think uh, it w- yes. Would Disney, some way, somehow, picking up Ghostbusters be good? Sure, because then they can put a cartoon on Disney XD and they can make a new Ghostbusters movie every single year, like they're doing with Star Wars. But that's not really what Ghostbusters is. Like, there's you need yeah. you need Ecto Force. You need whatever the you know the animated movie. It needs to be very focused, but also you don't want to oversaturate it because it's not. Ghostbusters is not Star Wars. We can't keep comparing it to something like Star Wars. We can't keep comparing it to Star Trek. It's something very, very niche. And you yeah, know, like Back to the Future, it can get watered down. It can be oversaturated. And you don't want to do that. So it's uh, I I don't know what a 
a term like outlier is for something that's in the middle, but that's what Ghostbusters is. It's not yeah. small. It's recognizable. But it's not huge yeah. either. It, 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 it's in this weird hinterland between massive Star Wars phenomena and tiny cult classic. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not a yeah. cult classic, but it has elements of it that feel like it. It's not a massive Star Wars phenomena, but there's elements about it that, like, you know, look at all the merch they're selling yeah, and stuff like it's that. It presents yeah. similar to... And and, and it, appeals and to requires, a big demographic. That's the other yeah. thing too. Is it's it's not, it's like it, it is like Star Wars in the sense that adults and kids can also get something from it. It's not necessarily for yeah internationally. Yeah, exactly. Like Buckaroo Banzai and all that. I love those movies to death. They do not have an international following the same way Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. And Ghostbusters kid, kids has aren't an international really into following. Kid, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, kids kids aren't really into the the talking, uh, you know, kit. Uh, Night Rider, I don't think would fly anymore because they all have their phone that talks to them, and who cares, you know? Uh, but <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, oh, small aside, we totally need like a Google Map Siri voice that does uh, that talks like Janine. <laughs> I would pay money oh, for that. Oh, Annie Potts, where art thou? Where that, art thou? That's a great idea. Just have her uh, just start screaming at you if you take a wrong turn. Yeah, you fire it up and it's like, where do you want to go, <laughs> Ghostbusters? Where do you want to go? Make a left. <laughs> Make <Yeah>. a left. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, there you go. When uh, when the next movie comes out or when the animated movie comes out, Waze has to do there. There you go. Their next voice is Janine telling you where to go. But uh, <laughs> the, again, there you go. Printing you guys gold. Whoever is out there listening, um, I know. So, uh, so at any rate, yeah. I mean, the the one billion loss again in in clickbait soundbite culture. Um, I know that's what a lot of people honed in on, um, and and it is. It's not. It's not good from a business perspective. They're not. They're they're not investing any equity into this. They're still. They've got that write down that you were talking about. So it's. Yeah. They're uh, you know they're still operating in a negative number, but at the same time, it's not as dire i think it's well it's no more... this is the this is the important thing and the article made this point too it is an on paper number right it's not yeah. the same as like 1.3 billion dollars of actual capital cash or resources suddenly went away it's a shuffling of numbers on paper yeah. moving 1.3 billion from one part where it was just kind of floating in limbo to uh our valuation has changed because $1.3 billion yeah. suddenly disappeared off the back end. So it's like I said, it's a, it's a strange kind of thing to wrap your head around. I, technically you're right. It's not great, but it's not the same as, you know, we lost, we lost all the company cars and stuff like that. Like it's, it's not a, it's no. not a physical thing. What it does is with, when that much money disappears for a company that deals in billions every year, it adjusts the way yeah. you know everybody else looks at them and go, well, you're worth X because that's what valuation is: is you tally up. Well, you got the studio lot, you have these properties, and, da, 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 and there's this much money in the bank, and that's what kind of happens: is is like, oh, your coffers have changed by yeah. 1.3 billion dollars, but you still have money in the bank, you still have the studios, you still have these properties. So your evaluation, your valuation has changed from your worth, whatever it would be. Yeah. what's a sony worth two billion dollars you turn into one billion dollars so yeah. it's it's not a positive it's just not weirdly it's not like a, a horrific negative if that makes any sense yeah i mean and it's also i'm kind of getting a weird sense of deja vu because i kind of remember this post michael eisner post euro disney with uh with the disney corporation right when they were trying to figure out 
uh, who's our next CEO? What are we going to do? Our company's in shambles. We lost a lot of money on Euro Disney. Disneyland is losing money. Uh, our last, however many movies, it was like they had the Atlantis movie and God, I don't even remember what the other movie was that came out and just tanked and Disney was in some dire straits. But look at them. They turned it around. They got a new CEO in and especially with somebody like Bob Iger who came in and sort of yeah. led them towards these acquisitions of things like Marvel and Star Wars. And now they're they're a juggernaut, man. So Columbia could really turn this thing around uh, overnight. There is there is that possibility of that happening. So yeah. just in the right it, hands with the right people and with the right strategy, oh, it, it'll, it'll be awesome. It happens with all of them. People get kind of myopic about these things. It's not like Marvel was doing great, right? There was a point where Marvel was about to... The Marvel reason, was bankrupt. Marvel the, at one point claimed the reason, bankruptcy. The reason why people are now sitting around, gee, it'd be nice if Sony would let go of Spider-Man is Marvel needed the money. And made a ridiculous deal for the rights to Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, etc. Yeah. And And that's why X-Men is still at Fox to this day is because of that bankruptcy, because they started selling off their assets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, yeah, they're going to get Spider-Man back. Well, I guess they technically have to a degree, but compared to... Fox, which is like got Legion coming out and all that. Right. Like, no. Nope. Sorry. X-Men. Us. Mm-mm. Yeah. Over but, there, please. Uh, you know, so at any, at any rate, I think again, uh, bottom line, uh, good, good things for Ghostbusters still coming. Um, yeah. Don't, don't push a panic button uh, on the Ghostbusters front. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Ghostbusters. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. That's, uh, I like how they, you know, comic book, uh, phonetically spelled that out. It worked really well. Yeah. Uh, well, so Chris, uh, before we launch into your final thoughts here, there was one thing that we had sort of discussed talking about on this episode that I kind of wanted to address. Um, and, uh, Tara Strong, um, it's one of those things I'm so, uh, we can preface this by saying she is back on Facebook. She had her account restored. Um, yeah. But just uh, indicative of some of the nastiness and the don't drive angry uh, plea that you uh, implored people uh, earlier in the show. Um, some really nasty stuff uh, was thrown at Tara. Um, I think partially because of she's been very vocal with all of the politics that are going on, as, as many people are. You know, it's. I think a lot of people are trying to voice 
their disapproval, their anger, their frustration, their their frightened uh, uh, sense of I don't know what direction things are heading in right now. Um, yeah, people are vocalizing it, and and she is one of them. She is a voice actor. She you know <laughs> that's that's her job is to vocalize things, and uh, so she she got a lot of um, a lot of the nasty the the hate and anger and stuff that we saw last year with the movie and for some reason her facebook account was disabled i I, that's what i'm not entirely clear on it was very strange facebook never responded and that's kind of the the eyebrow eyebrow raise here is that somebody with a a public profile like uh, tara um (laughs) It's enough that somebody should have responded. The thing that uh, got uh, some people suggested that, if, without digging into it too much, some people got very insulting to her and her yeah. heritage. Yeah, it got um, very. I mean, and, uh, very, we can say it, very, very anti-Semitic. I mean, it was. Yeah, let's just let's yeah. just go there. Yeah. To which, instead of, you know. Uh, shrinking away from it, she reposted. She she raised hell. The trouble is, is that in raising hell, she repeated what they said, and some people suggested that it uh, might have been uh, Facebook, like uh, it, whatever oh, their system is. Aha! So some sort of regardless of how algorithmic or how many hmm. humans are involved, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, what happens is the system was too dumb to know the difference between somebody saying, "Hey, somebody called me a name." And somebody calling somebody a name oh, and I shut see. down her account. Okay. Now, what what gets really confusing is in the middle of it, it, it was like, well, your account's been shut off for a, a, a terms violation, and then it turned into she got the message that your account's being like terminated, and she and her husband and a bunch of people basically started writing into Facebook going, yeah. "What? Yeah." So, Again, another good example that it may it's kind of it's not hard to believe that maybe it was the dumb system at work. Yeah. But at the exact same time, Facebook still this happens to them all the time that because I remember when they changed the names, like performers weren't allowed to uh, put Facebook pages up under the performing names because Facebook got it into their head that oh we got to be truthful on the up and up and it's like well now for example you're driving say drag queens to have to promote themselves under their legal name where right. people can go find them yeah. if they don't like them yeah. stuff like that it's like ah oh, you guys they, they talk good they seem to mean well and I don't know who's driving because they're making some weird decisions and this is another one of them it's, like, there's, yeah. it's hard to police something like Facebook and it feels like it's not hard for I, I would if somebody said yeah that's absolutely what happened I'd be like yeah I guess so <laughs> um, and I, I think but I, I don't at the same time I don't want I don't want to I don't want to be a Facebook apologist because at the end of the day this was about Tara got victimized and then yeah, punished and then as punished a result. For it. It like- yeah, so <laughs> she, I, what it boils down to is she had a heck of a week, actually a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we wanted to send some some virtual hugs out to her. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not a chance that she's probably listening to this. I'm sorry. Not but uh, but just, just uh, sending out that love, putting the positive vibes into the atmosphere, I think will help. So. Um, and, and if you, I'm sure a lot of you that are listening to this, you follow her, you know, give her, 
you know, give her a, a message on Facebook or send her. She's on Twitter as well. You know, send her a little bit of love. I think that would be, I think that would be very appropriate considering some of the stuff that she just went through. There's so. a million reasons to love Tara Strong, even if it's not, you know, Kylie and Extreme Ghostbusters. Maybe you love, you know, her in Powerpuff. Maybe you loved her in uh, uh, what? Oh, uh, Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. In, yeah, she's Harley Quinn cow. in the Injustice games now, and and even in the cartoons. I think they've well, uh, no, she's too, yes, so. her and Hamill have become, yeah. become this like de facto template of sort of like uh, Kevin Conroy is the uh, the the Batman voice. Yeah. Those two yeah. kind of cemented the the Joker and Harley and voice. Harley, yeah. So you know, Tara, Tara uh, again has been doing voices for a very long time, and uh, you know, good good chance that if you don't know her from Kylie and Extreme Ghostbusters, you know her from something else. So send yeah. send her some love. Uh, do it, uh, and just doesn't even need to just be like, hey, uh, love you, done. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like yeah. you know, don't have to go you're too the, crazy. You're the best. You're the best. Yeah, exactly. Bye. Bye. Uh, and speaking of bye, it's time for final thoughts, Chris. You got anything this week? Bye, bye, bye. Tomorrow. Oh, no. Are you possessed by Janosch and or Vigo's miniature painting? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to, do, uh, to do some Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, final thought is uh, congratulations to uh, Crabigail. Yes, yes. As we record this on Groundhog Day, they have tied the knot. And it, it, speaking of people with giant rooms with giant collections, with awesome uh, collections, and they got married Craig as uh, and Phil and, and Ned, didn't they? Is that what I think? <laughs> I, I don't think know Abigail if Craig was, was to be Ned. Yeah, I don't know if Craig was uh, was uh, Phil, but uh, yeah, Abigail found uh, a uh, uh, what's his name uh, Tobolowski, Stephen Tobolowski esque yeah. Ned. Uh, French coat Ryerson? and hat and yeah, yeah Ned got Ryerson the, got the hat and the the fur lined uh, uh, collar twill jacket or whatever it is there and went and got uh, quietly married with a justice of the peace there yeah. at a gazebo I think did they actually go to Pennsylvania like it was a road trip it uh, it looked like they were at the actual Punxsutawney uh, gazebo uh, yeah yeah so that's um, a pretty good way to get married I think that's pretty and on Groundhog Day good for them so yeah. I, it feels I've like already it was just che- yesterday already... that they were on the show talking about their <laughs> their engagement yes, exactly i've already chastised them that it wasn't the the vegas ghostbuster blowout that we were promised but she didn't uh, have the gozer dress we were promised no. you know, that it was all good uh. nah, but that's all right uh, good for them they did it on their own terms and and it seems like it was one of those things that they it's it's very them it's very craig and abigail it's very very so them good, good for um, those guys they've got the rest of their lives ahead of them and i think we should force them to make us share it with them i think their anniversary should yes. be in Vegas every year. I think they should be the the little speck of dust around the that around the vapor forms to create a storm. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that there we need a Ghostbusters specific convention, and they can be it in Vegas. They'll in be Vegas. the nucleus. Yeah, and, and as part of it, we celebrate their anniversary with them. Well, and it seems like they they were the nucleus of the last uh, uh, PKA surge. So were they? You know, yeah. I well, think, there you go. I think they're they're well on their way. So now they just need to do Ugh. the big Vegas one. But uh, uh, that just means they're going to keep doing it in Atlanta. Then, <laughs> yeah. man. Atlanta's um, far away. Vegas is easy. Atlanta's hard. But uh, so you know, sh- shout out to them. They do have a honey fund because uh, they're going to do a cross country road trip uh, for their honeymoon. So if you want to, you want to throw them a few bones to help out on their road trip, uh, go check out their honey fund. But yeah, congratulations, yeah. guys. We're we're I'll, crazy uh, happy for you. 
I'll repost that on the Proton Charging, and we can loop it over to the yeah. the CrossRip uh, Facebook too. If anybody wants to, uh, it's pretty simple. If you just want to throw twenty bucks at yeah, them for or a, like cover a meal bucks. or something, yeah, to yeah. give them gas money. So uh, good, good for those guys. Yeah, good, good final thoughts. That's that's a good one. Abigail's just gonna blow it on more uh, Ned Ryerson <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's why I didn't give him the five hundred dollar gift. She was yeah. just gonna spend it on Ned Ryerson gear. Needle nose Ned, Ned the head yeah. dated your sister until you told me to stop. <laughs> Bing. Oh, uh, anyway, all right. Well, uh, happy Groundhog Day, even though you guys are listening to this after Groundhog Day, uh, and uh, lots of fun stuff coming up next week on the Cross Rip. Uh, we will see you then. See you on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. somehow gets stuck in this town by a snowstorm and he wakes up the next morning and it's it's Groundhog Day again. Mm-hmm. And it just he, he's stuck there. It keeps happening over and over and over again. So he gets again. a chance to have a perfect day. He gets to, each time out he gets to make a better, it's like Back to the Future, a better... Right, but you know how it is, Charlie. You have this Monday morning thing yourself and you don't, it's not always perfect, is it? Even no, it is not. So he has a lot of opportunities to screw it up and, yeah. and make it miserable. Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. I'll give you a a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life.